0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I like to grill things. I don't use the stove. I microwave and I grill. Nothing in between. That stove is just another useless countertop, as far as I'm concerned. But when I grill, I generally do more meat than I need so that I can have a sandwich the next day. And I've done that many times, but one time a couple years ago, for some reason, I got a hold of a piece of meat that was pretty much all gristle, and I went to make a sandwich of it the next day and uh, slapped two pieces of bread around it. And, and when I tried to bite it, all I did was tear the bread up because it was so, so tough. It was a tough sandwich. That's today's gospel lesson. The gristle is the gospel lesson for today, talking about church discipline, church confrontation. And that's, that's, uh, that's a tough sell. The sandwich around it, the two, the two segments right before and right after, uh, are the, uh, two of the most grace-filled, loving passages you'll ever want to see around this confrontation gristle. The one, the verses before, uh, are about um, Jesus and the, and the lost sheep. So he leaves the 99 sheep in the sheepfold and he goes out to seek and to save and find that one sheep that is lost and it's so nervous getting what back so he puts it on his shoulders and brings it back. The, the good shepherd. And the verses right after this are uh, where Peter asked Jesus, so if my brother sins against many how many times should I forgive him? As many as seven times? Which would be about five more than I'd want to do. And Jesus says no, Not seven times, 70 times seven, which pretty much meant unlimited. The good shepherd and unlimited forgiveness and sandwiched in between is this part about church discipline and confrontation. Now, most people are not that comfortable with confrontation under any circumstances, but they're even less comfortable in a church situation because after all, well, you know, it's church and everything should be lovely and nobody should have any issues because you know it's church. Well, that's not exactly true. And Matthew, gospel writer Matthew, recognizes that this isn't true. This is Matthew's corrective to those people who think that everything in the Christian church is sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, and there will never be any problems and no, no, no personality conflicts and no confrontation and no issues. Matthew is aware that the church is made up of sinners. And sinners sin. Or as I've told you before, it's a good thing that the Christian church is for sinners because it's just chock full of them. Matthew understands that the heart of the Christian church is to help one another deal with our sinfulness. And that might take some discipline, some confrontation at times. Ernest Campbell wrote about this and he said, uh, a rebuke should not be the first word in any relationship, nor should it be the last word, but it may, on occasion, be the right word. Psychiatrist M. Scott Peck, author of The Road Less Traveled, wrote about the fact that we want to have real community, not what he called pseudo-community, false, fake community. We want to have real community, where the real issues are really dealt with. Pseudo-community, he said, is, is a, a place where people nod, wave, smile, walk on by, and nothing is resolved. It is an affable community of little lies. And he said it doesn't do any good because you never get to the heart of things in pseudo-community. The church isn't about, you know, choosing up sides and figuring out who's more wrong. This is not an episode of Survivor where we're trying to vote somebody off the island. The heart of this thing is reconciliation. Can we retain a brother or a sister as a brother or a sister? Can we be reconciled? Will, will we deal with our relationships in a straight up and loving way? That love, St. Paul talks about, is kind of the anesthetic that allows the surgery of confrontation to be possible and then healing that's what we want to have. So uh, what kind of issues need to be confronted? Well, I think everybody knows that the big things probably are going to get confronted uh, be- because they're big enough to do something about. It's, it's the little ones that kind of get left, left uh, out. So if it's a big issue like some member is vandalizing the church, we're going to say something about that. Or if somebody's abusing the children, that's going to be mentioned. Or uh, if somebody's stealing money out of the collection plate, or if somebody is taking a kitchen knife and stabbing the pastor, you know, those are things that people would probably mention and, and do something about. Uh, but, but in the church of Jesus' time, it's much like the church of today, in that it was not the big things not the big things that got him. It was a whole bunch of little things. Now in the early church it was easier to deal with this because they were they were smaller. It was in-home meeting churches. And everybody knew everybody. And everybody knew everybody's stuff. In the larger churches of today, if you don't like people, if they bug you, you can just kind of avoid them and and talk to other people and then go out in the parking lot and talk about them. Hopefully not. But that's what happens. But... Those are kind of the small things that we want. Now, you know, whatever they were at their time, I'm not quite as sure, but I I know what kind of stuff it is in our time. And that is stuff like this. Somebody got inadvertently passed over in communion and didn't get it. Some person didn't get a call from the pastor when they were in the hospital, even though the pastor wasn't told they were in the hospital. Somebody left the lights on in the men's room. Some children left candy wrappers and crayons in the pew. Somebody used the wrong tables. Somebody put the wrong color carpeting in. Somebody disagreed with me at a church council meeting. That's the kind of stuff that is not talked about. And it's just swept under the rug and it gets worse. That's the kind of stuff. Now, the question is why. Alright, I'll give you several reasons why we do it. One, because if another person has been offending us or doing something we think is wrong, they may not know that this is a problem. They may be totally oblivious that they're doing something that really irritates you. And until you tell them, they still don't know. Secondly, in this issue, whatever it is, they might be right and you might be wrong. And then you take a couple of witnesses along, as it says in Matthew 18. And then you find out, oh no, it it wasn't them, it was me. And thirdly, if something continues to bother you, you want to make sure that this isn't an issue, that why do you want to let these folks live rent-free in your head? Take care of business. Get it out of the way. And four, and most importantly, we do it because we want reconciliation. We want to be a brother or a sister. We don't want to... Uh, lose friendships or relate. We want to be reconciled. Now, that's that's the why. Now I'll tell you the how. How do we do this? How do we confront? Remember, confront means to level with people. You're on the same level as they are. This is to condemn, like this. This is to confront. I'm on the same level as you and this is what I'm seeing and I'm concerned. So when you confront somebody, you use a feeling word, not an accusation, not, you always do that. You've already lost them when you start that. You use a feeling word and an I statement. I feel concerned. I feel irritated. I feel annoyed, apprehensive. You know, whatever the feeling is that you have. And then the situation, when you do this. And I would like you to do this, and I'm willing to help you in this area. So I feel, I see, I want, and I will. That's the how. So let me, um, well, let me use an example for this. Uh, David, since you're sitting here, I'll I'll abuse you. So uh, I would say to David, David, I am concerned about you because I see you keep coming to church without wearing any pants. And I would like you to wear pants to church I think it's such a bad example for the others. I would like you to wear pants, and I'm willing to go to Heaven's Warehouse and find you a pair that fits you. See? I, I feel. I'm concerned. This is what I see. No pants. I'd like you to wear them, and I'll help you get them. That's a crazy example, but you see what I'm getting at here. And so we help people in the Christian church. Somebody one time said that... Um, facetiously, the Christian church is kind of like Noah's Ark. That if it weren't for the terrible storm raging outside, you couldn't stand the smell inside. The church does smell like sin. That's true. But it's far better inside the church than it is outside where the storm is raging. And so hopefully when we get all through with this, we will be able to say, I have kept a brother or a sister. I have been reconciled to them. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.